electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Bulls are going to try to regroup and begin October with some green arrows ahead of a big week. PMIs, jolts, OPEC Plus, Jobs Friday. Got the 10-year below 3.7. That puts yields at about a 10-day low. Our roadmap begins with a new month, new quarter, but will it come with a new outlook for equities? Down the S&P coming off the biggest monthly loss since March of 2020. Plus, shares of Credit Suisse continue to be under pressure. The bank is seeking to calm investors and client fears about its financial health. And there has been a Kardashian crackdown. The SEC targeting celebrity crypto endorsements. It reaches a nearly 1.3 million settlement with Kim Kardashian. But we know the real important part of this story, Jim. Oh, we'll get to that. And we will get to it. Well, do you, you want to do it now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if we have tape. I know we we, we, we need tape for it, Carl. We need to look against her, so we'll yet. have to wait. It's All a right. little, it's a reveal, we call it in the business. Okay. Nice haircut. Oh, thanks very much. Thank very you. handsome. Thanks, Judy. Uh, we'll begin with the markets today, entering a new month. Strategists weighing in on the road ahead. A couple big notes last night, Jim, as you know. Uh, Mike Wilson at uh, Morgan Stanley, looking at M2's collapse. Yeah, Mike made that joke that I'm so tired of. It might be light at the end. Light, yeah, tunnel, it could but be an oncoming, oncoming freight train. Freight train. Yes. Ha, ha, ha. Get a new joke writer, is all I can say. Uh, Costin, the takeaway of Costin's note is, of course, the, this Goldman's note, that uh, he's, he's got a new, did you see he's got, like, Tara? Yeah, there are reasonable alternatives. Yeah, Tara. That could be, it reminds me of, like, going with the wind a little. Uh, but I do think these strategists, David, are overlooking one key thing which is all that matters is the two-year. And today, the two-year is on fire. And we don't even know why. Maybe something related to the shenanigans in Britain. The fact that they are eliminating from the tax break the highest uh, earners? Yeah. Mm. They really have a real firm hand, firm grip on the situation over in Britain. Though. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting in the U.K. because, of course, that did send the pound plummeting. They have now gone back on what is the highest or 45% tax uh, level, uh, they're going to maintain that. But it's not about raising money, though, because, in fact, the tax break that they are going for at the lower end is by far uh, the mo- more costly of the, of the overall tax-cutting provisions. Does the king pay taxes? I don't know. Wait, no, right? Right, the king pays no tax? That's a good tax break. It's good to be the king. It's good to be the king. Yes. I knew you, you were going there. <laughs> I had to. I, my stuff's better than Wilson's. Uh, well, coming, and, and as for Costin, Jim, he makes this point. Uh, he thinks that the weaker economy, higher rates, lower employment will drive households to sell about $100 billion in equities next year. Yeah. And then so the losing, he, his, his theme is about losing marginal buyers of stocks. At the same time, why did he come up with that corporate tax? That they're, uh, Corporate, they're going to buy $500 billion. I mean... Look, I, I think Costin wants his cake and eat it, too. And I love Costin. He's basically saying the individuals are going to bail. Now, one thing that is certain is that this is what the Fed wants, I think. The Fed wants your tax. 
you know, David, you don't believe me, but I'm telling you, I'm closing in on this. They want your portfolio lower. They want your house lower. They want your car lower. Well, it's work, man. Max. Your portfolio is lower. Isn't it well, enough already? Are they satisfied now? No, no, they're they not good? Sat- No, the Fed needs you to feel impoverished. They don't want you spending. They don't. Where, where you where you tell the kids we can't do it this year, that kind of thing? That's exactly yeah. right. When the kids are staying at home, the rent's too big. Now it's going to be 7 but soon it's going to be 8%. What, mortgage at this pace? Look at the Dow. The Dow is telling you, stay away. Now, let, we have a little bounce here at the end of the month. But I'm sure someone's going to try to rain on the parade with the OPEC story, which I haven't even gotten to. Yeah, I mean, over the last week, it was about potentially mulling cuts of half a million to a million. Today, Reuters says they might be looking at a million plus. Well, I mean, what, Russia's calling a tune? I mean, I don't know. The last I looked at, Russians not exactly doing that well over Ukraine. So do you think anyone fears them unless you seek nuclear weapons? No, I think, well, there you said it. I think, you know, it, it, it's, it's scary to even talk about it in, right. in a it real is. way, but... I'm sure I spent the weekend doing a lot of reading about this. I bet you guys did, too. I mean, the discussion of the use of nuclear weapons now and the way it is being discussed and analyzed and thought about and questioned is frightening. Um, Learning what a tactical nuclear weapon really is and or at least the various ranges of what kind of damage it can do. But we're having those discussions right now, in part because Russia is losing the war badly. Right. even this morning, reports uh, Ukraine in the south now, getting closer to Kherson, they, making significant gains well, of Dnipro so. River in terms of uh, just pushing the Russians back all over the place. And then it leads down this road, Jim, which I don't really know what the market response will be uh, to that possibility. Cool. However remote it may be, and certainly not nearly as remote as it might once have been. I, this is, my crowd's just talking about this, about and, and uh, catalyzed by the the Tom Friedman excellent piece that Russia's become North Korea, which is another country that says, hey, look, we're, we're ready to use them. Uh, the thing I'm, I'm kind of astonished is that there's still so many pro-Putin people in Russia because they don't have any free press. So it, you have the conscripts, people frantically trying not to be caught up in the war. Uh, you have the individuals in the country seemingly uh, pro their president. And you get a very mixed picture of what's really going on there. But it feels very much like 1994 in, uh, in Chechen, where they sent the conscripts, and the conscripts were annihilated. So I don't know. I think it's going to be a very difficult time for them. But I don't know if the people will know, because there's no free press. Well, Friedman's point is uh, Putin's breaking the cardinal rule of energy supply, and that is being an unreliable supplier. Once you do that, who really is going to lean on you for supply unless they're in dire straits themselves. I agree, and I still believe, David, by uh, 2026, we will be able to provide them everything they want because that's how much we're working to get us and get others energy independent, basically Germany. Interesting story in the journal about how uh, the Chinese have contracted for a lot of natural gas that comes from our country that's offloaded at Chenier and Freeport terminals onto boats. Uh, onto ships and then brought over uh, under contract to China, but they're not. It's not making not, its way to China. Take, yeah, it not, goes to Europe. They're sending it all to Europe with a huge markup, of course. Just incredible. Because uh, the Chinese have contracted but, for it at a certain price, and it makes sense, especially given their diminished energy usage right now, given the COVID lockdowns. Although um, she was photographed without a mask um, over the weekend at some of these National Day okay. celebrations, they some got were two thinking. Weeks. 
Is that meaning they're going to recalibrate zero well, COVID? Did you see the note that Moderna? Yes. That Moderna was willing to, to help them, but they, they, would they have wanted to give the technology. All intellectual property. I mean, what are they? Who are they? I mean, I, I don't know. The axis of evil of Russia and China seems more on the run to me than what they're saying. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not betting on them. You're not betting on who this time? Wait. I'm not betting on the Mets. I'm not betting on Russia. And I'm not betting on, <laughs> to bring on that China. Up. Seven minutes, 49 seconds in. Got to well, bring up the Mets. What? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. I, I thought I meant to. The Jets are two and two. Giants are three and one. Giants don't really have and a The Mets are I'm, still going to win 100 games. It's I'm not over yet. Yeah, well, it's the most hated hundred game yet. team even in though history. I, even though I lost drinks with Chuck Robbins. Not over yet. To Chuck Robbins, the Cisco CEO? Yeah, we were betting on whether Atlanta would sweep. And Why don't you bet on whether his stock holds 40? <laughs> I think that's a better thing to bet on. <laughs> Sorry to bring up stocks. Yeah, thanks. Well, Want to talk about our parent company stock? Because we haven't been able to hold 30. Pass. Lost 30. Um, Pass. And we didn't mention, by the way, we, we talked about Morgan Stanley and, and uh, Goldman, but Citi also cuts their year-end target uh, to 4K, actually looks for a down year next year to 3900 And uh, Credit Suisse, David, who's in the news for all kinds of reasons. Yeah, you know, uh, Credit Suisse, uh, you guys may remember a few weeks ago I did the story on Credit Suisse. At the time, there were some, you know, talk, well, would they need to raise new capital? The stock just continues to trend down, more or less, so that you can see over the last week. But let's look at a longer period of time here. Um, and as I reported at the time, uh, speaking to people who were uh, close to the board uh, and those who were advising the company, and by the way, refreshed on this late last week, no plan uh, to raise additional capital. But that hasn't stopped continued concerns in the market. And you guys know this. When Even when somebody is uh, uh, reporting on the fact that a company doesn't need to raise capital, it's still a bad thing. It's still bad uh, because nobody ever wants to even have that conversation whatsoever. It shouldn't be something that investors are thinking about. Yeah, okay, and so then why are the American... You, they are the old in the days, the American banks would get clubbed. Not anymore. Or is that just the Treasury speaking? No, listen... If you want to cut to, you know, Credit Suisse is a Swiss bank and the Swiss government's never letting them go down. No, we that's know why, that. Like, why are we, we even, that. right, so, okay, so, uh, but why, are you, are why are you about, so right? What we are talking about is a company that has been under stress for quite some time here in uh, the U.S. as a result of missteps that seem to occur every few years com. to the likes of billions of dollars. Arkegos being the latest, but certainly not the first. Uh, and... Therefore, this thing, this company has a market cap that is below that of what they paid to buy all of DLJ 20 years ago or whatever that when DLJ that was deal such was, a good company. It was a good company. And Boy, so, you know, in an environment like this where you continue to have this headline risk, you do have obviously a great wealth management franchise. But you have to wonder, are people starting to worry? Do they pull off? Does business slow and things of that nature? Meanwhile, we're waiting for the 27th. That is the date by which the company has said they're going to present their plan, which very well could include. And this is why I did the story a couple of weeks ago. Um, the diminution, if not the end of to the, the way we know it, the investment bank here in the United States that operates under Credit Suisse. So it's a lot going on here, um, but the company will tell you very straightforwardly that, you know, Credit Suisse has strong capital and liquidity. That was put out in a memo over the weekend uh, by uh, its CEO or on Friday. Um, and their CET ratio, tier one leverage ratio, has been strengthened significantly over the past 13. seven years, they say. Their total loss absorbing capacity exceeds uh, both going and gone concern requirements in Switzerland and on and on from there. But, Jim, you and I both know. 
It's these kinds of conversations that are very deleterious to the financial health of a company, regardless of how how strong it may be. It's all about confidence. It's funny. When I read this, people keep talking about a Lehman moment. I keep thinking, you're finally going to be able to get a bank merger. Yeah. And uh, whoever gets Credit Suisse is going to do quite well if you can cordon off those losses, because, boy, that is some great franchise. Storied franchise. First Boston. I mean, these guys are... I know. That was one of the great investment banking franchises of all time. Wasserstein and Perella have been there. I know. So many other great bankers. Wasn't there some discussion of reviving the first Boston yes. brand? Yeah. First Boston name. Exactly. Now, by the way, I mean, you know, when they go to an investment banking light scenario, if they do maintain some sort of franchise here in the States, they're going to want one that doesn't require a lot of capital. M&A doesn't require capital, but it does require a lot of other businesses. It's very, it can be very expensive to run because you're paying your people so much. Uh, they had a lot of very talented people, many of whom they had to either sign up to guarantee deals after the Archegos blow up or who left the bank already. So they were under pressure. There's no doubt about it. But when it comes to asset management, wealth management, that's a significant franchise for this company. The question is, what will happen to the U.S. assets? And, you know, if they do split in some way, what does that mean for maintaining an investment grade credit rating? And will they be forced in some way to raise capital? Again, they continue to tell me no, no, no. But remit. But what I think the ultimate takeaway of what you're saying is all these stories that this could impact and crush the market are just people rumor mongering. Yes. It's not a big franchise anymore. No. That's what's so no. Carl, when, when I got out of school, I mean, I was trying to figure out whether to go to them. Everyone was trying to figure out whether to go to them because this was the way you went to Morgan and Goldman, you went to these guys. Uh, they've had a series of leaders who I think have just befuddled, and their risk control is befuddled, but they're, they're not a big bank. So, I mean, if you're gonna say, look, what happens is gonna bring down anything, but well, it's not gonna bring down anything at all, and it'll be preserved by the Swiss. And the Swiss are not letting, would never let it go if no. it came to that. Meanwhile, they may wanna try and at least accelerate their plan to announce whatever they're going to announce by the 27th. Uh, could they just get it over with already? Each day that goes by is probably not great yeah. for them. Yeah. It's going to be the season's almost over for them. Season's almost yeah. over. So what's, their magic, season. what's their magic number, David? All right, will you stop? I'm sorry. Just stop. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay? Because you know what we are in? The New York Mets are in the playoffs. Let's not forget that. Okay, everybody? Let's not forget that. May not be going great now, but we're in the playoffs, unlike how the Phillies. You, how did you do against how the Phillies? How did you do against the uh, Padres last uh, go-around? Because you're going to see them again. Magic number's one for the, for the Phillies. When we come back, uh, sometimes uh, posting record numbers isn't enough. Tesla down after these third quarter deliveries disappoint the street. Speaking of banks, we got a couple of calls. Goldman upping Wells, cutting City. Other news on Peloton, Amazon, eBay. We'll get to it all after a break. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. 
For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com, that's YahooFinance.com. Tesla is among the biggest pre-market decliners on the S&P. The company announced it's delivered almost 344,000 vehicles in Q3, a record high, but shy of forecasts. Yesterday, Elon Musk tweeted, customer experience suffers when there's an end-of-quarter rush Steady as she goes is the right move. He's really been hammering this point, Jim, about trying to smooth out uh, the quarters. Yeah, well, I think he has to move uh, some production in different places. But I, I take my cue from J.P. Morgan. Note. They don't like the stock. They've had an underweight, but they did raise the, the price target, which I think is very interesting because it's below 137 to 153, I guess. Must be looking for a new stock split there. But I, I do think that like, you have Wedbush remaining bullish. People do not want to abandon this one. Opco says you buy it on any weekends. David, this has been the bright light of the NASDAQ in a period where the NASDAQ sun's been setting, and no one seems to want to let this one go. Well, you know, it's not as though demand seems to be in question. That's all that really matters, doesn't right? it? Right? And if that's not in question, then longer term, well, you're going to get to that, what? I mean, they have the capacity to make 1.9 million vehicles yes. or just about. And they have, that means the gross uh, margin is going to go up, not down. And that's what I care about. Because his costs have been collapsing. Always, yeah. And by the way, lithium, which he talks about endlessly on the quarter, that's been coming down big. He says we should all get into the lithium business. I tried. It's not as easy as possible because you got to take the lithium at night, not in the morning. It's stable. Oh, excuse me. You have to what to the lithium? Uh, I'm sorry. Only was, at night? I was confusing with the drug lithium. <laughs> But you're raising a good point, Jim, uh, which is something uh, the Fed's Barkin mentioned last week. And that is when, he, when you're looking, you're awaiting uh, an end to peak inflation, let's say. Margins are a big part. You've got to wait for companies that are trying to make up for lost ground. Right. Well, the one that'll do it the best is Tesla because he thinks about things like that. The other guys have to scramble and they're still making internal combustion engines. So uh, I'm speaking with Mercedes this morning about the idea that you know, going all electric and that what an edge it is to be Tesla and not be worrying about the internal combustion engine. Thousands of people that are making cars and trucks that are going to go away in the world. So I do think that Tesla, if you sell Tesla on this, you're, you know, you just, maybe you can sell it because the multiple is too high, but don't sell on this. This is him rationalizing production. We all wish that every auto could rationalize production and, and they're not able to. So I thought this was positive, not negative. In the when end. will the day come, though? Is it, is it when you truly see a competitive set that actually is winning out against Tesla? Yes. If well, that day were it ever come, given that, all the efforts of, of, of all the other automakers? Well, that would be when Ford produces you know, a, a run rate of, of 500,000 at the end of next year. But Ford so far has been uh, incapable of, of producing what we were hoping. And all the news out of Ford so far has been negative. And that has to do with expenses, has to do with warranties, has to do with commodities, uh, nameplate problems. So uh, while my travel trust owns Ford, uh, they've got to be able to they got to be able to do what they're saying. It's a benefit to having a long lead time over all your competitors, I guess, isn't there? Well, I just done think this. that there's a lot sellers for everything that Ford can make, but they haven't been able to really make. Yeah. We always talk about Apple second strike advantage, but Tesla's first strike advantage yes, is in it power. Is. Speaking of Apple, the analysts are just trying to justify it not going down anymore. And I always say, yeah, oh, and Apple don't trade it. But uh, there's some notes about the App Store to be 
very, very badly. And the App Store is very big profit center. So yeah. let's see. I say own it, don't trade it, don't trade it. But people won't listen to me. People want to sell it low and buy it high. Yeah, we'll get to, I think it's Morgan Stanley today, looking at App Store revenue yes. growth year right. to year. Right. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash, countdown to the opening bell, kick off the month of October in just a few moments. Don't go anywhere. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve. With the help of T-Mobile for Business, our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. That OPEC Plus decision coming midweek is going to be one of the uh, highlight events of the week. And the reports that they're mulling some production cuts, in fact, some of the biggest since the pandemic, has oil back to 44 and most of the S&P gainers in the energy complex. Opening bell in just about uh, six minutes. And don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Let's get to a, a mad dash on this Monday morning, about three or so minutes before we get started with trading here at the New York Stock Exchange. Robin Hood is Robin uh, Hood, what you yes. got? Yeah, why? Uh, yeah. Uh, Jason Warnick one of my favorite finance people. He used to be the VP of finance at Amazon. He's the CFO. They have a September 30th, you know, Friday announcement, which talks about how uh, they are taking a restructuring charge that's even bigger than we thought. We first thought the, the re- their restructuring charge would be 45 to 60 million. Now it's 90 million to 105 million. And what they're doing, David, is they're closing five offices, of which four hadn't opened yet. So they're not opening four off new offices. Exactly. Decided to partially close uh, or completely close five additional offices, part of the restructuring, four of which are recent leases that have not been occupied. And they expect to be able to make this up over time. I just think what matters, David, is, is that we have to keep track of how well they're doing because they were the way young people are getting in the market. And that chart indicates, I think, the way young people feel. Well, By we, the way, we had Black Tenavon recently talking to him about, remember, the 3% that they give certain uh, at a certain tier uh, for clients uh, uh, in the peop- their brokerage account, just oh, 3%. I met some long, younger people this weekend in Fishtown, uh, Philadelphia. They're buying the two-year. The guys are like 26. I said, what are you doing with your money? That's the two-year. Good. I said, well, how about uh, the AMC? How about the GameStop? They said, well, we do that junk. They watch some Netflix thing. I said, we're in the two-year. It's very interesting, Carl, when you have these people, younger people. They're not talking about stocks, David Costin. So you know what? Have you looked at the two-year? Like it's like Amazon in the old days. Looked at Amazon. <laughs> How about the two-year? Um, I think it's Goldman's ha- has that basket of stocks that retail investors favor the most. It's back to 2020. It's totally yeah. full circle. Yeah, it really is, uh, it, David. The pain of what? I mean, do you know it's AMC ever since they announced that ape The preferred? ape thing, yeah. It hasn't done much for them, has no. it? But no. the apes are making a comeback I, at the Philadelphia Zoo. Oh, good. Yeah, they're back. They're like getting out, you know. It's getting cold, though, so we don't know what's going to happen. So I'm following the apes in San Diego. That's what these are, right? They're animals. They were people. Now they're, now they're animals. animals. Jane Goodall. I haven't heard from Ryan Jane Cohen Goodall. in a while. Jane Goodall likes AMC. At Blue Horseshoe likes uh, Yeah. Jane Goodall likes AMC. Mm-hmm. It's like Blue Horseshoe. Jane Goodall. 
What a lady. The best to be associated with them. To the opening bell here and the CNBC real time exchange of the big board at Xperi uh, celebrating its listing at the NASDAQ medical technology company, Hologic. Speaking of potential new listings, at least, Jim, uh, Mobileye filing a registration statement for that proposed IPO. Well, Pat Gelsinger says, Well, what can I say? There is, there is no nicer guy in the business than Pat Gelsinger. Do you hear me? No, no nicer guy in the business than Pat Gelsinger. Bring that mobile deal, not necessarily at the uh, ship brought this morning, actually. But, uh, not the best time to be bringing a uh, technology IPO, so to speak. People do it, was want, a, it was a public company once, though. Sure, it's really public, public company. company again. It want, very much wants to be able to do this, self-drive. How come every time I say something, they cheer? Is that they're just addicted to what I have to say? And they, I don't hear anyone say anything if you talk. They are. They uh, they just want to hear. They just hear go you quiet. Talk, they go which is quiet. Why we basically do just let you talk. Honestly, the mobile eye does it smack of desperation that he wants to do it now. I think he's just wanted to do it for months, and you just got to fish or cut bait at this point. Jim, you you've been watching the two years so religiously for oh, a few weeks. Geez. You think you think we saw the peak, a blow off top in uh, in yields? Is that what today's about? I th- I think that we have fr- you know we have employment number coming up. I think it's going to be red hot. It, it's still, I mean, I passed a billboard going from uh, Philadelphia where we won to New York. And it's like there was a sign Amazon people wanted. Now, I thought Amazon had made the layoff, but no, it's like you don't even need an interview. I mean, Amazon's like a no-doc loan. I, I just think things are hot, hot, hot. The economy remains too easy to get a job. And I know that that's not what Jake right, Dowell well, to hear. Well, well, we're going to get jolts uh, tomorrow. Yep. Uh, Tom Lee's done some work suggesting that Conference Board and Indeed.com are going to see that number cool off, or actually, well, on the on the jolts number, actually higher. It, well, there should be. I mean, what time do higher rates kick in? But I still think that there's a lot of people in, let's say, for housing. Well, they switched to remodel. They're not buying, they're remodeling. Uh, uh, the number of this is what the story is from what I'm getting. The number of buyouts that they got at the beginning of COVID, a lot of buyouts all over the place. So let's say private plane and pilots. That's a good example of what's going on. You, you can't find them. You can't find planes. You can't find pilots. David, the PJ market. Private jet market. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. Yes. Private jet market is demonstrating there are no planes and no pilots. Now, that's kind of where we are. Well, we've been that. That's been the case for for a period of time, hasn't it? Jeff? Well, no, no, that's new. It is new. Yeah. It was oh, new. I thought that that was. Uh, I no, thought I that had been. The I worked case. on that all week, and this is what you come back with. It's new. I I, I didn't new. know that it was new. It's new. Well, you, know, you ha- can no. still write off the entire. I believe the entire cost of a private jet on your ta- uh, taxes, right? That's a fully deductible cost. Can you imagine that? How come we haven't gone in on the squawk on the street plane, guys? Hmm. Could write that off in one year. We need twin engines. Boom. You always want twin engine. Twin engine? Yeah, I got not going on a single engine. No, no, no. Apple, again, <laughs> everything is up and Apple is down. Yep. And it just is, remember it was the one that was doing well? And now, I mean, it's going to be saved by the Apple Watch. Well, I had a bad week last week, as you know, with a couple of downgrades and some real questions about the 14 in terms of demand. Well, and, and we mentioned the, uh, the Morgan Stanley pro. note. On App Store growth, Jim, um, 
down five year on year. The slowest as far slowest. back as we have data going back to 2015. They say the App Store debate's going to be a battleground even if the trajectory I, improves. I th continue to think that China is underestimated for the decline it's putting on the whole world, including the App Store, which is gaming. But I will say this morning I tripped because it's so dark and my watch went off and asked me if I was okay. Are you it did. I tripped. I mean, it was really dark. I missed a step. I tripped and says, boom, 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 boom. Are you okay? And I said, I'm fine. And it said, do you need help? I said, no, I can handle it. I thought it was great. It's kind of like a wife. That is nice. Like a life alert almost for you. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, I was like, wow. It's really worried about me. And if you so said much you needed help, would it have contacted yes, the authorities? Absolutely. It would I have. Fallen, yes, yeah. immediately. So as far as I'm concerned, they're money good. So you can sell Apple all you want until you trip, and then you'll say, I want to own Apple, not trade it. I couldn't believe it was talking to me. It just knew it. Amazing. Amazing. Um, Peloton, uh, Jim trying to bounce as they are now going to put them in Hilton hotels. Of course, yeah. last week the news was they're going to sell them in uh, Dick's Sporting Goods stores, which it, would be the first big brick and mortar. Well, all I can say is every time I read the desperation there, I come back and say, what do you th think about Lulu and how they are doing so many things right? And that one is down so great. I mean, a lot of these ones that had 40 uh, price earnings below were down about the high 20s. But Lulu was crushing it, Calvin McDonald with Muir. So stop fooling around with Peloton, buy the expensive one. I think you'll do better. I think that Lou is doing incredibly well. Hey, by the way, whole logic, you said ringing the bell. I've got them on tonight. Now this is National Breast Cancer Awareness, but they are doing incredibly well. Some companies are doing so well, but we focus on what, the Fang thing, you know, David, where it's like Meta. Did you see, you know, Meta's, Facebook had a decent, the number, the Facebook numbers aren't falling apart, but it does seem like we need a breakthrough if you're meta. We need a breakthrough. All stocks now out of the top 10, right? And Isn't that Z something? Zuckerberg's wealth Can this you, year. I've seen material reduction. Wow. I, I've got to tell you, the, the collapse of the idols is so stark. And David, no new leadership has surfaced. I was going to say the banks because they've stopped going down, but it doesn't matter. Well, energy has been the leader. It is again well, today. Exxon and Chevron both up over 4%. This on the possibility of significant production cuts from OPEC. Can you call, because your unbelievable documentary, can you call Exxon and get a read on I have connectivity. I do have some. What's the word? I, don't, I haven't connected, but I can. Yeah. Now I that would, you've requested I would, it. I would give them a jingle if I were you. What, what is your question? Do they believe that this is all much to do about nothing? Because I think that what well, a million cut, we still have a deal in this country to be able to give more. Or, you know, you know, our country, President Biden does, does not want to lose the midterm election. So I doubt there's going to be a spike in oil so, uh, in, in, at the pump. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, gasoline has come down sharply from obviously the highs of really not that many well, months that, ago. You don't read that anymore. That no, helps the midterm elections. Yeah, well below four bucks now. I go up six percent. Well, this is so stupid. I mean, what? I mean, it must be all ETFs, Carl. Conoco is not worth this much more on the basis of a million cut. I mean, the market is so such an extremist market in the way it acts, uh, and to me, it just says that maybe cost is right. A lot of money coming out because there just seems to be no liquidity on days like today. 
And I mean, we, we have a big, we have IPO, we've got some very bullish things happen. No one cares. No one cares. You're saying there's no shades of gray, everything's binary, it's exactly. either the worst or the best. Yeah, and I just think that that's a, a sign of a not healthy market. I do believe that if you think, like Don Chu talked this morning, if you think that the uh, forward estimate of the S&P doesn't go down, this is one of the cheapest markets in history. But here we have all these people saying that the earnings estimate is going to come down, so it, it's, not, it's not as cheap as it looks. And that's what, I'm principally worried about that. Well, that's the center of the debate. A lot of this is how far are we going to come down once we get the numbers and what's the guidance going to be like as we now move. Now we're in the third quarter. Right. Sorry. Now we're in the fourth. quarter. But we don't have me. to wait that long. And I think that we'll the first quarter, quarter of the banks, I, I, I'll tell you, if if if, J, if Jamie goes with the, the second Jamie, the negative Jamie instead of the first Jamie, we're 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 done. We've been lost. I mean, if he goes with Hurricane Jamie. Yeah, if he goes well, with Hurricane Jamie. Well, you saw what Kalanovic said on Friday, right? One of their bullish quants at J.P. Morgan. Um, increasing worry about a policy mistake yeah, uh, I, that could delay their and that's the, targets. I just think everyone, first of all, pe- people think that Jay Powell's asleep at the wheel. I mean, the guy is just Mr. Rate Hike now. Remember when he was Mr. Rate Not Hike? I do. I do. He was Mr. Rate Not Hike for perhaps too long. The first one was a, was a 0.25. That and was now, a uh, Now he is definitely Mr. Rate But look at this. Hike. This is a good example of, of the yes, strange. Jim. Wells Fargo is upgraded today by Goldman. It's just a giant yawner. My chapel just owns it. I thought this thing, Charlie Sharp might get some love. No, nobody cares. Well, they're, they're, they go from 46 to 48. All right? It's not. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. It's the price yeah. target bumps are so pathetic. What's I, more interesting maybe is the that downgrade of City. And the target of 950? Uh, City trades at a multiple City. that reminds me of like Glenn Fed. And, City is traded at a know, discount. Cal Fed. For, I mean, you know, we talk a lot uh, yeah, about. But what does it mean? Doesn't that mean at a certain point we got to relook at the book? Well, or we've got to wonder, right? Why? Why? Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's traded at a significant discount to book now for. I don't know, for a long, long well, time. Well, at a certain point, that means we ought to have go in there and take a look at what the real book is. Yes, that is a great question, Jim. Is there something else there that you know, the market speak- seems to know about or worry about? Uh, speaking of, what uh, do you got? We, we talk, no, we should just take a look at CS because we did come back to that, too. City is out with a note on Credit Suisse yeah. saying, um, and we talked about this, but the stock sound resuming some of, some of the significant losses we saw earlier. It, it seemed to pull back for a bit. We would be wary of drawing parallels with banks in 08 or Deutsche Bank in 16. Rather than liquidity concerns, they see the current move in spreads as an inconvenience for funding costs and for private banking, obviously, and uh, where there's a risk of further outflows on the negative media headlines. Yeah, you get wealthy clients who say, well, I got money a lot of places. Why would I keep it here? Uh, and so yeah. there's that. There's still this continued reverberation of the need for a capital raise and the idea that, um, you know, they'll run out of time to some extent. Um, I don't know. I'm never, you're never, it's never good when the CEO is saying, stay calm. That's never right. a good sign. J- you J- need J.P. To Morgan say told it. you that. Remember he said, if you have to explain, no. Yeah. I mean, and we no. can go back to Bear Stearns and, and things of that nature. But again, People close to the bank who are in positions of authority within the bank have told me there is not a need, or advising the bank, not a need to raise capital. Uh, that continues to seem to be the point, but the market not necessarily believing it. The credit, uh, most credit default swaps, as you're seeing there, haven't seen that level 
since uh, 2009. Wow. March of 2009. So many negative notes. Roblox, Moffat Nathanson starts with a sell. I know the guy who runs it. I thought that was harsh. United Parcel, Morgan Stanley, cutting price target to 100. 100. 100. We got Morgan Stanley upping box. Yeah, Levy, good for him. May have to give him a call. As we go to break, uh, let's check the bond report. Obviously, yields a big piece of the puzzle today, as uh, they're about 10 or 12 days uh, at a 10 or 12 day low, both here and on some of the German 10 years. We got data coming up after the break. Don't go away. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. Rich Santelli here live at CMEHQ with breaking news. S&P Global Manufacturing PMI, our September final, which means that the 51.8, that mid-month read is going to get tossed, and that followed 51.5, which was over a two-year low going back to July of 2020. The new level is 52.0, 52.0, a bit better than expected. And, of course, uh, the best number, and we have to skip a month, since just July of this year when it was 522 we all know that manufacturing may be coming around as some of the supply chain issues ease back a bit, but we also see that the global recession and slowing in many sectors in the U.S. is keeping demand a bit lower than it had been. We still have construction spending and ISM yet to come. Don't change that channel. Squawk on the Street return after a short break. In the securities laws Congress put in place that you have to disclose not only that you're getting paid, but the amount, nature of it. And this was really to protect the investing public when somebody is touting a stock, and whether that's a celebrity, an influencer, uh, or the like. And, and that's at the core of what this is about. And we've brought these cases in the past. I was SEC Chair Gary Gensler, uh, a guest earlier on Squawk Box, talking specifically about that uh, Settlement that they reached with uh, Kim Kardashian for Jim, her touting certain coin yeah. uh, without, I guess, effectively letting people know that she was being paid to do so. I thought it was interesting that, and curious, they, uh, they emphasize her because it's a specific coin, but there are other people, actors, who were in, and, but they, I guess they weren't recognizing, recognizing a single security. They were more talking about a yes. company. Perhaps that's why but, Matt Damon, for example, right? But, but I wouldn't, if I were someone representing these people right now, I would say you can do anything, but do not represent anything that's crypto. Because this is such a high profile thing. For, uh, Chairman Gensler talked about so, there's so many of these, and they're all prone to, prone to manipulation. So I would say, hey, listen, celebs, go go find something else to talk about, not well, this. The headlines in crypto today are, are brutal. There's that. There's the FT story that uh, the Celsius chief uh, withdrew money before they froze customer accounts. Uh, NFT sales in the quarter just ending now, Jim, down 60 ending. quarter on quarter. And yet the one thing I keep hearing is, well, look, if you live in Russia, China, whatever, you want to get your money out, euro falling apart, go, go to these sites. And that's why they haven't fallen apart. Yeah. That's uh, why they've not, they've held in. And then there's really the most important part of the story. Listen, Gensler's not at home. No, that's true. Gensler's obviously fired up. And I mean, back. it's the first time that we haven't seen him in front of the fireplace. I'd say the Foster's uh, ought to look as out. As we did discuss with him last time he was on, and he said, yeah, we're, it's, it's, it's still remote at the SEC. It's voluntary to come to the office, but 
at least this time he appeared to be somewhere other than the uh, other than the home fireplace. I, I thought it actually the gravitas was increased by not being uh, from the fireplace. I did too. Being at the office to me is it felt work from it home felt, thing felt better to me. We're at the office. By the way, Norwegian eliminating all testing, all masking, all vax requirements. Uh, and they were the first tomorrow. I'm going to be on a Norwegian uh, cruise on Thursday, trying out the new boat. Wow. You are? Yes. Well, I'm just doing a piece from there. Oh, a you're lot not going of us, on an actual My daughter's cruise. talking about you going said on I'm the, going to be on a Norwegian <laughs> cruise. No, my daughter, who has cruised on Norwegian, says that Virgin has some great cruises. Interesting. Virgin, upscale. Ooh, that's not a great chart, but the great cruise. She was on an electrical music. Cruise. So you were interviewing the CEO of Norwegian? Yeah, later Franklin in the week? Delta Roosevelt. Frank, Frank Del Rio. Right here? Right on the... Yeah, the, but I'd like to, you know, you know I was going to go on a cruise last February. Mm-hmm. The, they was, I was going to take the Haven Line, go to Alaska, and then there was like a three-day that I was going to... Look, I think cruising is back, but Carnival still, despite the stock price, 2023 bookings are still yep. good. Yep. Uh, and I think the, the fact that they're that they're getting rid of those just you know, has more to do with the idea that you could get the flu on, you know, the equivalent of the flu. It's not China. I mean, people in this country are, for the most part, vaccinated. Uh, with all of that, uh, Bulls uh, starting out the month with some green. 36.20, let's get to Bob Bassani. Morning, Bob. Morning, Carl. Uh, futures rose as the yields declined. That's the real key. Uh, it, we're up, but given the magnitude of the decline, the buying enthusiasm is fairly muted. Uh, its energy is definitely there. Oil's at $84, so that's certainly a good sign. It's the only sector that's up on the year, so energy's up, what, 30%. But the other ones, you want to look at what I call the risk-on sectors, metals and mining. Okay, that's a good sign. Communications, another risk-on. That's not bad. ARC Innovation's getting weighed down by uh, Tesla, DocuSign. So I'd say it's mixed in terms of the risk-on. Not a lot of heavy volume, though, and that's kind of disappointing. Energy stocks, of course, oil at 84 so your usual high beta names like Marathon, uh, Dev. Evan uh, Halliburton, for example, in the energy space, uh, all up about 6%. That's a good sign. Uh, not a good sign is what you see in the airlines. These are all new lows, you know, Southwest, uh, Delta, uh, American Airline, new lows. We've got a shortage of pilots, shortage of planes. Uh, not good for the airline industry overall. Uh, as for October, well, it, seasonally, this is not a bad time to be involved here. Generally, October has above average monthly gains. We're going into November, December, which is seasonally strong. And by the way, we're in a midterm election year, and that traditionally is stronger than normal. Q4 and Q1 up 6.4 and 6.9 percent historically in this period. My thanks to my old buddy Sam Stovall for giving me those stats. So we're seasonally strong. The problem is this is not a normal year. So we have there's less confidence in the seasonality indicators that we always bring up at this time of the year. Just bear that in mind when you hear about seasonally strong here. As for what's going on for earnings season, we're going into it. Let's just call it lousy. The start's been bad. We have 15 companies reporting, nine beats, five misses, one in line. That's not good. FedEx, Nike, CarMax, Micron, all disappointing guidance here. Uh, the big thing here is the operating margins. Remember in 2021, we had a record high in the second quarter, 13.5%, all-time record operating margin. It's been coming down every quarter almost since then. I think Q3, we don't have a Q3 number, though. I think you're going to see that uh, in either the low 10s or the high 9s. Uh, and historically, by the way, that is not far from an average number. We've been unusually high in terms of operating margins. But that's the big issue. The big thing here is overall earnings estimates are in positive territory, 
But the growth sectors are really getting hit hard. I'm just going to show you one example. Here's the technology sector. First, July 1st, the fourth quarter, we had almost 9% earnings estimate growth. Today, 1%. That number is going to go negative in the next few weeks is my uh, estimation. But that's just one example. You can look at communication services, any of the other growth sectors. They've all been dramatically cut. It's energy that's holding up a lot of the S&P 500. As for where we are right now, let's just call it earnings cluelessness. I have never seen a range of estimates here. The multiple on the S&P right now is 15 times 2023 numbers. What is the right multiple? Nobody knows. If you think we're in a recession, it could be a 13 to 15. If you think we're not, we could be at 17. That's a pretty wide multiple. The 2023 earnings right now are expected to be up 7%. Is that right? Who knows? There are people who think it should be flat. There are people who should be, think it should be down 10%. That is an unusually wide dispersion. And that is why you are getting so many estimates. You're getting a 3,000 and you're getting 3,600, Carl. And we've got to figure out what the right earnings number are. And we're not going to know for the next unfortunately, month or so. Yep. Carl? Uh, it's going to start rolling in eventually, Bob. Thanks, Bob Pisani. Jim, what's on Mad tonight? Well, we've got Hologic CEO, National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but they've got an amazing machine, mammogram machine, 3D. I'm going to talk more about that. Hard to get parts, but they're doing an amazing job, and no one really cares about this point in this market. It's driving me crazy. There's so many good companies and good stories that people should focus on, like Hologic. We still haven't congratulated you on having the only undefeated team in the National well, Football League. As my wife says, you were not on the field, Jim, when I say <laughs> we. Uh, but uh, congratulations to Coach Nick, to Howie Roseman, who's put together an amazing team and doesn't get any of the credit that he deserves. Uh, fly, Eagles, fly. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Dow's up 318. Uh, we got ISM on the other side of this break. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.